Dean, if I've got to go to one more networking event, I am done. Networking events absolutely suck. No one should be going to them because they're just a waste of time. Look, you go, you show up, you eat some cheese, you have some crackers. Maybe if you're lucky, they have wine. You shake hands, you smile, you get a bunch of business cards, you come home, you put them on your desk, and then what? Why should business owners be networking, Dean? <laughs> so you, you still have that stack of dusty business cards on your desk. I've got a stack similar, right? And my virtual list is growing. No, you know, it's so funny you say that because every entrepreneur, every business owner, every consultant, every coach that I run across and I have done over the last 20 years, the advice they got when they started was what? Go out and network, meet yep. people. I call it death by coffee and lunch meeting. <laughs> because it slowly drains the energy of your life force because we go out, we network, we build the list and we expect, we hope, we pray magic. that magic is going to happen and leads are going to come in. And you know what? It doesn't, right? I don't nope. care how many cheese and crackers and glasses of wine you have. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> and there's a lot of reasons for that. And so that's what we're going to cover today on the Growth Engineers is strategically, how do you approach this whole networking thing to generate inbound leads in a predictable way and really truly build your business and not just that stack of dusty business cards on your desk. Yeah. And, you know, this is such a great topic because it is something that we all get told, right? And unfortunately, it's like school. You go to school and you take a class and in that class, they give you a bunch of information and they, they, they expect you to remember that information and go do something with it. Yeah. And they didn't teach you how to learn, right? right? And networking is the same thing. They tell you, go to the room and show up and talk and yeah. it will just happen. Yeah. Practice your elevator pitch. Right. <laughs> and you didn't learn how to network. So today, let's give everybody a structure for how to network effectively. Okay. And to set the goals to, for networking effectively. But I want to start here because I know you've got three tiers. Three tiers that you talk about when it comes to different types of contacts within your network. So what are those? Yeah. So let's break them down. At the top of the pyramid, mm -hmm. the most valuable in terms of what you can receive, but also what you can give, the most aligned group are what I call strategic partners. Strategic partners. And so these are people that you have business alignment with. Maybe you're working with similar types of businesses, similar types of clients. Your services don't directly overlap. And so it's not just business, it's also the people. You connect, you like, yeah. you vibe with that individual. You wanna figure out ways to do more. And so what oftentimes happens is with the strategic partners is you and I, we're doing this weekly podcast together. Yeah, We have spent time, money and effort to work together strategically. We want to share the love to the world. We want to help each other out. We're taking yep. the effort and time. So whether it's a, a podcast, a JV, um, co-marketing uh, opportunities, combining services and packaging things up, the list goes on and on. That's the strategic partner level. And the likelihood of you benefiting and giving of value is significant. So that's yeah. the top tier. Yeah. Let me ask you a question there before we go on to tier number two. Okay. Because... 
people approach these things with, you know, okay, so I created a strategic partner. And so that strategic partnership land me how much work again? <laughs> right. Like, how do, do I quantify it? What do I do? Like, how do I get them to give me more money from their people? I want their list. Yeah, I, I think that is the opposite approach to going into these relationships, right? I think when you meet new people, you don't know where it's going to go. When you and I met oh, probably a year ago now, we didn't know. We just got on a phone call and, and you know, had fun and had a lot of alignment. And the relationship grew over yes. time, and that's important. And neither of us said, how big is your list? Do you have an affiliate program? None of, that was never part of the conversation. We just genuinely wanted to support each other however we could. And if you both come from this perspective of wanting to add value to the other person, then you know you've got some level of alignment. And you know yes. what? I don't know if you're going to refer me. I don't care. That's not the goal of our relationship, right? And we were pretty clear up front. That was never really part of the goal. It was just to work together and see where it goes. Where it goes. But we're not keeping score. We're not a little tally chart somewhere. I just refer to Tiba. He owes me one now. That's just not part of it, right? Yes. And, and that's one of the keys to understanding having truly valuable strategic partners. Mm -hmm. yep. Okay. Is that I'm here to support you. You're here to support me. We don't totally 100% know where it's going to go, but we know we're on the same destination. Yep. We're, we know we're, we're here to say, hey, man, I got you. Right. I'll give you an example. One of my strategic partners, I, he's having an event and I'm going, I'll be at the event. And he sent me a message last night. He said, hey, would you be willing to MC my event? Well, guess what? I was going to go anyway. So, yeah, sure. Now, it happens to be his entire audience are my ideal customers. He just asked me to spend two days in front of my ideal customer. <laughs> Tough kid, right? Right. But the key there is we didn't start this relationship so that I knew he was going to offer me one day to be. No, no. We knew we were serving the same customer and we could support each other and we can help each other. And there were ways that we were going to overlap. And when we found them, we were going to do them and everybody would grow and everybody would get better. Yep. Yep. Building trust along the way. That's big, 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 big. Because the, I think with this whole referral thing, we all want to be top of mind, top of mind, top of mind with our referral yeah. partners and our strategic partners. But the truth is, is that's not enough. Uh, I believe you have to be top of heart. Mm. People have to care about you as a human to go through the aggravation of making that introduction or asking you to be Absolutely. the MC or whatever. Because it's even a simple introduction takes time and effort to do it well. So the goal Absolutely. is to become top of heart because you've built a relationship and trust. And that applies to all tiers, but especially at those top two tiers. Okay. So we just talked about the top tier. What's, and then you said the top two. What's, this, what's the middle tier here? That's what I call referral partners. Right? Okay. These are people that you've got all of the alignments we described, but maybe you're not actively doing things together. You're not doing events together or podcasts together or whatever. But you that person is your go-to for their service then the problem they solve so they are top of mind and you care about them enough to make the introduction and so that strategic partner list may be small maybe five 
Yeah. 10 at most. At, at most. most. That's cool. a lot of strategic partners. It is. It, and it's likely at the lower end of that spectrum, right? Referral partners, maybe 10, 15 at most. So it's a relatively small group, all told. But when they hear video marketing, they only think Atiba. Yeah. That's it. They may be in banking. They may be insurance. They may be doing business coaching. And, and it's not something where you're necessarily going to do podcasting together. Right. But they think video marketing, they think Atiba. And they are never afraid to say, talk to that guy. Yep. That's what a referral partner is. And you are seeing reciprocity in terms of introductions. Yes. Uh, and so let me give you an example there. So there is a young lady, I'm not going to name her name here, but th this just happened in the last week and a half. Okay. So she reached out to me because one, she's been on my podcast. I've been on hers, right? We met through a mutual friend. Great. We had a great time on each other's podcast, liked each other a lot. She was supposed to be coming to my city. And I said, Hey, when you come, I'll show you around. Trip got canceled, but we were again, building relationship. What do I get from showing her around my city? Nothing but building relationship, okay? Trip got canceled. She couldn't come. No big deal. She reaches out a couple of weeks ago. We meet about a week and a half ago. And she says, hey, I am doing a, a summit, a virtual summit. And I would love for you to come and speak about what you do with podcasting. I said, absolutely. I'm there. I'm going to support you. When is it? Put me on. I'm no problem. A week later, someone sends me a text message and says, hey, this is literally the text message. Hey, video content Superman, question for you. Does your team do podcast publishing and production? My response was, no, we don't do that. But I've got a friend who does, that young lady who reached out to me to be on her summit. Now, she reached out to me to be on her summit because what? She was on my show. I was on her show. When she came to town, I was going to spend money and time to take her around. And so, again, that relationship, top of heart. I was top of heart for her, so she asked me to be on her show yep. or on her event, yep. which then made her top of mind and top of heart for me a week later when someone says, hey, who does that's the referral nature. And that's why, as Dean said, 10 to 15, because you can't do that for 100 people. No. And you shouldn't try. You shouldn't oh. try because there are, if you had a list of five or six digital marketing agencies, for as an example, as people you would refer to, how do you, it's too many, right? You can't be uh, reciprocal with that many of that specialty. Maybe you have two. Maybe you have three because they have, they have specialties and you know the best sort of matchmaking opportunity. I have a, a good referral partner, a buddy of mine. They're in the market research business. Mm -hmm. okay. And anytime somebody he works with and his firm works with that doesn't have clear marketing strategy or sales strategy, I get the call. Yeah. I get the call and vice versa. Anytime I have a client that needs real quality Voice of customer research, win-loss analysis. Stu's my man, yeah. no question. And he does an amazing job. We know we work together well, but we don't expect the phone to ring. But when it does ring, we know. It's a good call. It's a good call. You got it. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So those, those are the referral relationships. So we've got the strategic partners. We've got that referral relationship. What's the base level, the third level down? It's everyone else in your network. 
Everyone else, everyone else you meet is in your network. And, and here's the beautiful thing. People move in and out of these categories mm-hmm. all the time. If you're being strategic about the relationships you're developing, life changes, business changes, the needs of the market change, whatever. People move in and out. And so the goal is to always have those seats filled at those top two levels with the right humans. Yes. That's the yes. goal. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so, so let's go ahead. I'm just going to say one other thing in terms of your network, everybody else. Have mechanisms in place to stay connected with them. You're not going to have coffee with hundreds of people a week, right? It just doesn't make sense. So no. if you've got a podcast, you've got an email list, you've got social media content, you can shout them out on your post, tag them. In. Engage with that list because you never know where that next strategic partner is hiding. Absolutely. One of the things that we do, you know, if you travel as much as I do, is we work hard to keep track of where everyone is. And so if I'm going to a certain city, we'll send messages to everyone that I know in that city. Hey, I'll be in in your city on these days. If you're around, 99 times out of 100, nothing in terms of a meeting comes out of it. But what does come out of it is Atiba didn't forget me. Yep. Yep, exactly. Exactly. That's perfect. Right? So, okay. So we've defined the, the three tiers. But we promised people to figure out how to actually make this work. Because now we have, and I know I started in jest with the old school <laughs> BNI sort of networking going yeah. event type of thing. But networking has evolved so far from there, especially with COVID and virtual, right? I mean, you can go to a virtual conference that has 10,000 people and meet people in the chat. Totally. Yeah. Right? You can meet people. We met through a referral. We networked through a referral. We did. Right? So you're meeting someone. And I'm going to ask this real bluntly. Number one, when you're meeting someone, what does your heart posture need to be in meeting someone? And number two, how do you determine where they fit in those tiers? Yeah. That's a great question. And I think often people show up with this mindset of, can I get something? What, what can, is there an opportunity for me here? And I show up with a purely open mind, purely open mind. I have no idea where the conversation is going to go. I, I'll give you an example. I connected with somebody on LinkedIn and he hopped on my Calendly, grabbed a meeting. I'm like, all right, I'll check out his profile, see what it's all about. I didn't know. He does, they, his firm is based in the UK. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you realized I was English at the time because my you know, 30 year history in the States, people will assume, but nonetheless. And, but he does international sales and marketing development for big brands. That's interesting, but I, didn't, I, I had no idea. We hop on a call, we get to know each other. We're now developing a strategic partnership. A, a, a true like income paper strategic partnership for his clients that want to grow in the US. But it was some somewhat random person that connected with me on LinkedIn. I didn't know. Yeah. So I went in with an open mind and my yeah. goal was just to ask questions and understand. And I look at it from two perspectives. One is kind of the what they do and who they do it for. That's important, right? Because mm-hmm. if he's selling garbage bags to garden centers, probably not my market, right? Exactly. That's what they do. But I also go in with the other frame, which is get to know 
the person, the human behind the name and the brand. And if you go in with those really open-minded approach and you have questions you ask and you dig and you show true interest, you get to know a person. And that's never a bad day, right? Right. It just may not right. be a fit for a relationship in the future. I'm going to take that a little bit further and, and a question for you. Okay. okay? Because we have in our audience some people who are ultra competitive. Y'all know who you are. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you. You know you're competitive. You heard Dean just now and you're like, go in with an open mind. How do I know I won? I, I need to compete. Where's the mile marker that says, Dean, I get a gold star. Come on, come on, come on. Give me something more here, right? So for those who need the measurement for their own internal psyche, what does that look like? I'm one of those people, so I know what I do. So I'm curious what your answer is, and I'll share mine too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that there's a couple of ways to answer that. And, and for me, the measurement isn't the short-term check the box. It's the longer-term, you know, holistic gain, let's say. Mm -hmm. The short-term is I know I've got to fill my funnel, sales funnel. And there's lots of ways to do that with our marketing and our outreach and our, all the things. And I know that referral partners and strategic partners are a piece of that. So I can put a number to that and I can say, I need to have three new networking meetings a week, mm -hmm. knowing that 80% of them aren't going to even translate do to I referral think. partners, right? right? I can measure that and I can give myself a goal because I want to get the three no's to get to the one yes. Correct. So I can start to build a relationship with that individual. So that's just a very easy way to do it is set yourself a goal. That goal can also be not just that first meeting, but I need to have three conversations a week or a month with existing network connections and see if we move them to referral partners. Referral partners. That's great. So that one-time touch isn't going to get it done. So apply the metrics that make sense for you to move people up and down those tiers and build relationships and, and, and ultimately get the results you want. Absolutely. Those are great. Uh, I'll share with you mine and I'm going <clears> to <throat> land the plane even more because you looked at it from a strategic perspective, which you should, and you're right. And measuring and the goals from a strategic perspective, that's perfect, right? CRMs are built around that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about it for those of you who are truly, truly, truly ultra competitive. Right. <laughs> and you're looking at it on an individual one-to-one -one basis. Here's my measure. Here's my measure. And I'm, I'm just offering this to you. You determine if this is right for you. Maybe it's something else for you. Here's my measure. Did I outgive them? Yeah. When we meet, I want to outgive you. In other words, as Dean said, I want to get to know you. I want to get to know where you are. I want to get to know your business. I want to get to know everything I can about you and figure out what can I do for you? What can I give to you right now? How can I help you right now? Can I outgive you right now? That's great. Yep. Yep. And I've got, a, I've got a process, right? I've oh. got a process for our audience to follow. Yes. A new networking connection, new connection. Your goal is to give something of value during that first meeting. Now, it probably isn't an introduction to a client, right? Probably not. 
but maybe it's an introduction to another power partner connection, someone in your network that can add value to their world. Maybe it's inviting them on your podcast. Maybe it's offering to repost some of their content. Be of value on the first call. You've started yeah. to the competitive edge, right? You beat them to the punch. You've given a value first without any expectation of return. And as we said, one conversation doesn't make a relationship. You schedule yeah. a call for a month out, give again before you meet the second time. Yeah. That's the one that's really unexpected. You've just had two really powerful swings of the bat to build relationships. So that process works really well. So going into it, it changes how you build, how you ask the questions and how you get to know the person. If I go in thinking, I want to give a team or something a huge value by the time we're done, I'm going to ask the questions I need to ask to find out how I can do that. Do that. Yes. Versus yes. here's who I work with. Who do you know that you can refer me to that looks like that person? Yeah. And the thing too, and I want to be very, very careful here. Okay. For some of you, especially if you're ultra competitive like me. Huge value is huge value in their eyes, not your eyes. Okay. And so those are the questions you have to also ask because huge value could just be, you know what? Chapter two of this book talked about that issue that you're having right now. And the solution you're looking for is in chapter two. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Resources, information. I, there are often times where, and I, I'm sure it happens with you too, where you get on a call and you start talking about what you do and they talk about what they do and they start asking you questions about your specialty. Mm -hmm. I'm ha I have this problem with my video marketing, Ativa, and I've got a YouTube channel, but what am I doing? And you, you give some highly valuable exactly. advice. You didn't intend to do that. And they're not necessarily asking for the freebie. They're just having a conversation with you. That's powerful stuff. Don't be afraid to give away your best stuff to those people. Yeah. That's something of value to them. Yeah. And let me take it a little bit even further than that, y'all. Yeah. Right? Because you see, so now we, we've talked about giving value when it's external to you of resources or other things external to you. Dean just brought up the concept of giving value of things that are actually internal to you, of what you do, what you know, what your zone of genius is. Right. But don't just answer the question and give that. Here's where it gets real fun. Here's where it gets real fun because if someone comes to me, which happens all the time, and says, <laughs> you know, hey, man, I, I just think my thumbnails on my YouTube video really suck, man. And like, we're not getting a lot of views. And I think it's really the thumbnails. And we need to change our thumbnails. And, and so <laughs> the answer to that question is actually really simple. The answer is, what's your click-through rate on your thumbnails? If it's above 6%, your thumbnail is fine. If it's below 6%, your thumbnail sucks. And if it's above 6%, you have a different problem. Yeah. Okay? That's a simple answer. And I can just give you that answer and that would be valuable. But get this. You know what's even more valuable? You know what's even more valuable than 6%? Where's your click-through rate? Is what is your goal behind trying to get more views? What are you really trying to accomplish here? Okay? Because if you ask that question, that question gets them to answer a real pain point need that they have. Then you answer the 6% question and point them to how to answer their real pain point need. You now have somebody who loves you. Yeah. Yeah. 
you treated that relationship as valuable as a client relationship. Because you wouldn't just tell a client your thumbnail sucks or it doesn't, right? You would ask the questions, dig into the need and the goals. And why is it any different to a referral partner? You know, maybe you're going to cover it in five minutes and not an hour, but give them that level of value. Absolutely. It's different, Dean, because I need money. I need new clients. And I'm networking so that you can give me new clients. Again, yeah. getting back to where we started with the heart posture. If you don't approach it correctly, if you're approaching it from what I can get, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, it will never work. Because guess what? If I show up to Dean and say, Dean, give me, give me, give me, and Dean shows up and says, Atiba, give me, give me, give me, guess who gets anything? No one. And that's exactly what's going on in your networking right now. No one's getting anything. That's why you have that stack of dusty business cards on your desk. It's exactly why they <laughs> exist. So I hope today that we gave you some, I know we gave you the structure and some of the process of how to build these networking relationships. It's your turn now though. You've got to go do it. You've got to go see networking differently. It's an opportunity for you to give and serve. Go yep. do it. Go do it. Guess what, y'all? Go. You got some, one more I, thing? I was just going to make one more comment. Go for it. We just scratched the surface with this. So if you're interested in us doing another episode around building referrals, predictable referrals, drop it in the comment. Just say, I want more. We want more about referrals. And we will, we will do another episode on this and get deeper and deeper into this content because you know what? Everybody does it wrong yeah. until they figure out what the tipping point is. And we'll, we'll share some more secrets on the next episode of uh, Growth Engineers when we focus on referrals. And we can even look at it from different types of networks or different types of networking. So yeah. podcasting versus in-person versus summit versus, you know, all the different avenues and how you do those. But guess what, y'all? He's Dean. I'm Atiba. We're the Growth Engineers. We'll see you next week. See you next week, guys. Bye-bye.